On today's episode, we've got Everett Feidler. talks all about his studio work, his performances, and it's quite interesting, so please check it out, and it's all coming up next. Well, welcome to Studio Break. I'm, I'm here with uh, Everett. How you doing? I'm doing great, Dave. Yourself? Um, I'm, it's early for me. I, I know that it's. <laughs> I know that early for you is uh, something that must be, I don't know, routine for you. So yeah, it is and it isn't. You know, I'm kind of in between. Uh, you know, there's an accelerated early schedule, and then on the middle ground, and then they're sleeping in. But sure, yeah, I get early pretty much. So. Well, you know, I, I always try to start out a little bit with um, just finding out a little bit more about, you know, where people where people are from and what their, you know, experience growing up was like. So could you talk a little bit about, you know, where you're from and what little Everett did? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I'm from New Jersey originally, just the, the suburbs in central New Jersey. So uh, I don't know. It's kind of no man's land, really. Uh, I mean, I lived pretty close to like Rutgers University, which was in New Brunswick. So we would ride our bikes down there, and of course, we were in the shadow of New York City. And, you know, I have childhood memories of going to like see plays and museums and, and things in there. But I never was really—I still don't know where anything is in, in Manhattan, truthfully. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know I know where some of the art museums are, the Museum of Natural History, but. Some of my friends after high school, that was, you know, they went right there. And for me, it was just always a, a place that I like to go to during the daytime. Right. And come back, you know, uh, <clears throat> home. Uh, so that's where I'm from, really. I mean, it's, you know, actually the, the neighborhoods that I grew up in were a lot like some of the paintings that I saw of yours. And I was really baffled that anyone would want to paint them. <laughs> Honestly, it really was, and I was like, "Is he for real?" I can't, you know. It was like a, that was one of the, and I really enjoyed that. I never. So anyway, uh, no, I, I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate that, uh, that weird kind of uh, compliment there. Um, no, 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 it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But um, so I mean, you know, that's that's interesting. Um, just because it seems like a lot of your experience, and it seems like you're. Already, even though from that small snippet I gather, you know, you were interested in a lot of things. Is that is that really the case, or uh, were you yeah, a baseball I guy? No, <laughs> I played sports. You know, I always played soccer. That's what I played the most of, and um, I did a lot of that from when I was nine until I was about twenty years old. That's when I stopped playing, and I wrestled and track. Right. All that kind of stuff in high school. So I was really into sports. I liked activity. Um, and and when I, did when did you know uh, just generally? I mean, did you did you were you always interested in like building things, or when did when did that start showing up? You know, I can remember being a kid. There was a couple of things that I built. I made this race car out of a piece of wood. You know, my dad helped me reuse bottle caps for wheels and stuff. I made a gun one time, you know, and these are just things that I remember doing. And I always had clay as a little kid that I played with and Play-Doh and stuff. But, um, and that would really be kind of the extent of that, I guess. And then right. in high school, I took an art class as a senior. And that, uh, that set it all off, huh? Yeah, that kind of started it. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I took all these mechanical drawing classes and, 
I just, I, I liked architecture, but I just knew that I couldn't handle the math and metallurgy and all that stuff was not, I wasn't a really disciplined student, so those were going to kill me. I just wanted to design buildings. Right. <laughs> draw pictures of them. You know, well, trying to get him to stand up, I guess I don't. I, I think yeah, I don't. I don't know how much the architect plays a role in that. I, I guess I would say you know a significant one. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. So that, which, which is why I don't design buildings either. So yeah, yeah, and it's something I guess I'm still loosely interested in. But um, I just asked my art teacher in high school. She thought it was something I could do if I, you know, took art in college, and she said, "Yeah, and that's that's how it started, really." And so then you, I mean. Um, you want to obviously go into college, but I mean, um, was it, so was that the plan then when you, when you started, you were like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be an art major or was it well, secondary? I mean, between, you know, I went to, to school anywhere. I went where, where whoever would let me play on the team. That's where I went. And, right. uh, so, um, but yeah, it was a plan. I did one, one term of like general electives and it felt just like high school to me. And so I just decided to do the art. Yeah, I committed. Yeah, pretty much from the beginning, I guess that was the plan. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, what? so what was that, I guess, experience like in, in terms of, I don't know, becoming invested in it um, and maybe kind of leading into, I don't know, some of your some of your later, I guess, undergraduate work, some of, when, you, when you, I guess, started really getting into your groove, you know? You know, um... I guess from the beginning, I must have shown some kind of promise. I mean, I never really was into missing my art classes. I always went to them. They were like, they became like gym class for me, you know, in a way. Right. Like, I, I, they were fun. I looked forward to them. Um, so I went. But, you know, it's kind of interesting because as an undergraduate student, I don't think I had any real concept of my identity as an artist and, and all of that thing and what it was, what it would take to be an artist. Um, and there's like key discussions that I don't know if we just never had them or if I just didn't pay any attention to, for like from my teacher, like what a portfolio is supposed to look like. I never wrote an artist statement. Right. Um, I got out of school with like no portfolio, <laughs> nothing. No right. art, you know, and I moved out west when I was done. But I did an exchange program, um, and to Humboldt State University in Arcata, California, and that was really kind of eye opening. It had they had more processes there, you know, whereas in New Jersey it was really conceptually based, and we talked a lot about the practice, you know, making. Wasn't really right. this technical thing of how to market yourself, and all. we never. I don't know. Like I said, I, it was a long time ago. I mean, I was, I was like, a while back. You know, over, over ten years. And so, um, but out there, you know, we were welding and doing all kinds of stuff, and, and uh, I don't know. It, it, it kind of changed everything for me, really. Well, and, and just kind of knowing, you know, obviously I, I want to talk about the shifts, you know, um, towards more more of your current work. But, but you know, obviously just knowing a little bit about some of your, your previous work, um, you know, it seemed like that, yeah, learning techniques and processes yeah. and, and all those things, um, you know, would be something that you, you've had like a really expanded kind of vocabulary, you know. But well, that's, that was, 
I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that's coming from a painter, though. So I, I know that the sculptors that, you know, maybe, you're, maybe you'd be the only one that would ever be listening to this show that's a sculptor. I don't know. Because um, well, there might be a painting bias just because of who I know. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, to me, I, I always kind of, you know, got, got compelled by that with people, you know, when they had... You know, I, I took I took myself, you know, just a couple like jewelry jewelry classes, and had some really good friends that were were you know jewelry uh, makers, and I should say, you know, real artists. Um, and really, that kind of idea of craftsmanship became a, a huge thing for me, and I, I could easily see that in your work. Well, I appreciate that. It was that was, uh, I guess, something that for me, you know, being in school was it was really just kind of began the, the discussion. Of, of technical things, and I was impressed, you know, with with many students that all the technique that they ever got was only in school. So I figured they paid a much better attention right. <laughs> class you know, than I did. But you know, because for me, it took me I you know a lot of the technical things you know I might have been introduced to them in school, but. You know, I threw apprenticeships and jobs. Those played a much bigger role for me in uh, kind of really, I wouldn't say, you know, in harnessing and being able to use them and apply them uh, to my own work. And I think that a big shift for me happened outside of school when I realized, okay, I've, I've worked for enough people. Um, I'm done learning. I need right. to learn about what kind of artist I want to be. And that was a big thing. That was and that kind of began my wanting to get into graduate school, and uh, and really, I think it was applying and getting rejected the first time that helped me uh, really begin looking into that issue. Right. Well, and and so I mean, when you so when you started, you know, graduate school. Um, could you just talk a little bit about, I guess, what you're interested in kind of making at the time? Because I know that, you know, just having had a couple experiences uh, in showing with you, too, yeah. um, you know, there is certainly like, like, a, like I guess I could just say straightforward, you know, there's certainly like an interest in kind of the, the naturalistic, I guess I would say in a way. But, you know, maybe I'm totally wrong about that, too. I just, I know that, you know, like there is a lot of almost like where or age or, you know, um, I don't know, some kind of interest in that in terms of, like, the, the things that you were making, but could you talk a little bit about that? Well, you know, I, I, I had only had one solo show before I went to out to Carbondale, and in, in that show, there was lots of, like, really loaded symbols and, and forms, like bullets, uh, hearts, uh, stars, and things that are pretty ambiguous, truthfully. I mean, they could, you could show them to any cult, anyone in any culture, anywhere, and someone is going to draw something from it. Uh, and that's what I was working with and, uh, at the time. And also this idea of like love, just raw emotions, even hatred, rage, and all those things were stuff that I was really interested in. Um, and then moving, taking myself kind of, and I really thought I had it, this for the first time I had my subject matter, but then when we moved, so I could start school, all, all of those things kind of went out the window, and I didn't really know what to do, uh, and then that was really unsettling for me. Um, so it took me really, I was glad to have the three years in school, because it took me that until that third year to really kind of figure out what I was doing. 
Right. Um, but in terms of the age thing, you know, I like making things that are new, that are old, that look old, I guess, or making things, sometimes manufacturing something that looks damaged, that isn't, it's just made right. that way. Um, maybe there's a certain kind of entropy. Yeah, I, you know, it's... Weird entropy. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, it's it's certainly interesting just, um, you know, just having seen it. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things that I would just kind of initially be drawn to, at least kind of pointing out, and, you know, anybody that would know you a little bit, because um, I'm, I'm guessing that that, um, that your cooler with the uh, the thermos is somewhere close by at hand. Oh, you know, man, it's, it's actually, it's almost retired. Oh, really? It's weird. Yeah, it's in the it's in the attic. Well, I used it this weekend, but I don't use it every day because I work from home now. So, well, I I, I bring it up just because you know, um, you know, just even this call. I mean, we started at six in the morning your time, um, and I'm I'm kind of using that to tie into this idea of work ethic, you know, because, um, you know, I was just hearing this yesterday that that Woody Allen quote about you know you know life is like eighty percent showing up. Um, uh-huh. yeah, sure. and it's, yeah. it's right on, but I mean, I, I think that's, that's that, that's that secret, you know, cause you, you know, as we kind of delve into, you know, what, how, how you kind of went through that transformation, um, it seemed like a lot of it was just work. You know, if there was a lot of trial and error and, and for me, you know, I don't think I've ever really had the, the gift, <clears throat> the gift of direction. It's always been working and trying to figure out what I'm what I want to do and that's that's been something that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about this year um, in particular um, but yeah I figure you know some people have talent skill um, but for me all I can do is just work at it and right that's what I can do you know, I like I like to work I like the, the hands-on aspect of the arts creating things something that are, it's it's satisfying for me so um, in a way I guess truthfully going back into the, the, the question about school I felt lucky just to even have an idea period to work on and that's that's something that really continued until probably until 2011 really so that kind of carried me and there's been times where I had to take a hiatus from working because we moved somewhere or whatever right uh, since then in many ways I'm kind of taking a hiatus right now just to kind of figure out well you know what do I want to do with my resources you know it's kind of like in school it's no holds barred spending spree right (laughs) well I remember your MFA show so Um, I said I remember your 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 thesis show so yeah Um, you know and so no I, I hear you it's a it's an interesting transition you know um, yeah. but certainly being a family man like yourself, um, you know, there's other, 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 other people to consider. So, yeah. And that, that kind of really began the discussion. I think that I, I started putting limits on myself for the first time. And instead of, you know, when, you know, if, if I didn't know what I was doing, I could just put more time. In. Uh, and if time wasn't enough then I could just put more money in. and then all of those things, I, I put limits on time and money, um, one, because I had to, but two, I felt obligated. I felt like this isn't something that's sustainable, you know, for the rest of my life. And uh, and I think it's a good thing. Um, I think in the short term, it's kind of 
presented some pretty serious, significant challenges. But you know, I'm trying not. To, I'm trying to to create this or come up with some kind of a model that's going to last for the next thirty years or right forty years, as opposed to just getting me through the next two months for right. the next show. And sure. that's been a big shift for me, and it's something that. Uh, you know, it's, there's always going to be times where I can't really, I'm going to be out in the garage working and doing my thing, um, but I didn't want it to become this thing where I'm actually taking money away from right. what we want to do as a family. So that's been something that I've been working on all year, sure. to, trying to figure that out. It sounds like you need some some financial backing, so... Uh, you know, that was something that I have been trying to pursue, you know, writing grants and, and things like that, uh, entering competitions, and just trying to find some, some way for this to pay for itself. So right. as a model in business, breaking even is not really a successful, <laughs> but, but for me, that's my goal. I want to break even. And, and if I can do that, then we'll look at profit. But, you know, I need to break even first. Yeah, it's and you know again I always get tan into tangent mode, but um, you know it just makes me think in a, in a real straightforward way. You know what? How how I guess real artists that don't make a that don't make a profit are. You know what I mean? As as opposed to somebody that that is making it and you know can sell out a show for a hundred thousand dollars every time it opens. You know, there's not. There's not thousands and thousands of those people, you know. No, there, there aren't actually, and uh, and I started to even at the end of school there. Um, I started to wonder. I said, I, I remember talking to Jill, and I was like, well, "What if you never make any money? What right. if you never did?" And and so that was a question. Like Terry Allen had come. He, he might have been the most well-known artist, at least in my mind, that they had at SIU, but. Um, then Carolee Schneeman came to PCC, uh, Portland Community College, where I work, and she said, and "She, you know, these are people that have had 30 years of work. And like, what she said was that she had done a piece of the tape. She said, this is my first ever commission, and it was recent. Right. Like, <laughs> you know. What's so that? You know, and it kind of supported some of, you know, it's taken a lot of her personal money. To, to make this happen and um, it was interesting it kind of supported one of my suspicions because you know we only look at really famous and well known artists in school and it's kind of damaging I think right um, but it's good too because you, you need to know the scope of right. things out there but in terms of how they get it done that's a mystery that's a personal problem right how to, how to attack you know approach to solving that well and so, you know, I, I kind of want to open this up into that, that, that my kind of my most interesting dialogue, you know, at least the one that I've been looking forward to the most, because, you know, um, you know, just had, having been in graduate school for a number of years, you know, I, 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 you know, seen your work and obviously we've been, you know, very friendly and all that. And, um, yeah. you know, I can remember being at the university museum and seeing that, that piece you did that I believe was in a, like a video on a, with a cage around it. Yeah, in the cage, the doghouse. Yeah, and and I just, you know what I mean. I just, I just saw that, and I was like, "What happened to Everett? What did, what did he do?" You know, um, 
Okay, so you were let down by. Well, no, I, I, it was it was it was just interesting because I just I saw it and I was just like, what you know, what's going on, you know, and and not to kind of put put all, not that we can. I'd love to talk a lot about you know some of these individual pieces, but you know, especially in kind of reviewing, you know, and and looking at stuff for this show, um, it's probably the most remarkable transition that I've really ever seen, and I don't I don't mean to make that sound really flowery. It's just that I don't. I don't really say that a lot, you know what I mean? And um, to, shifting from some of the other stuff you had seen to getting to that television and create piece. Well, just just the way that, that your studio went, you know what I mean? It seemed it seemed like you were you were such a maker, you know. And yeah. and so to see the um, the the piece, um, you know, I think where you were were punching in. I can't, okay, I, yeah, 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 is, yeah. Is that the actual name of the? I I, I can't remember what the name of the piece is off the top of my head, so. Labor of love is what I called it. And, uh, you know, Dave, about that is that my wrist was broken after that piece. Right. Um, and so I had to cast on and I had to figure out how to, you know, because I, I think it's important to try and make as much new work as you can. Um, so that dog, you know, the, the dog crate, the television and the dog crate was kind of like, I learned some limitations that I had had. You know, I, I kind of feel like if I was 20, my wrist wouldn't have broken, but I was 31, you know what I mean? And it right. was just, it broke. And, um, but really the transition day was kind of happened. It began way before that. And, uh, but it, it began in school and I just kind of got tired of looking at my own work. Right. And then you, you go through all these steps to make it, you know, and it's a process and it's an activity. And then there it just sits. And I remember being thoroughly disappointed uh, one of the shows that I did at the Frigette Gallery, and it was like, you know, it took a lot of work, it took a lot of money, and it just sat there, and I was bored. Right. Felt like it fit the bill, you know, okay, this is interesting to look at, I I, I have no idea what it means, you know, and it... And I, I don't know, I feel like I upheld my end of the bargain as an artist and showing something that was stimulating to a viewer, but it, it just did not speak to me at all. And it was problematic. And that kind of, I think, uh, began what where I kind of started getting interested in, in performance and making things that I could use as opposed to making things that just kind of are pedestal pieces or, or go on walls. And that, that was it. So um, I saved up some money and uh, I spent that whole summer. Instead of working that summer, I worked in the studio. All summer long, I just made whatever I wanted. And uh, also an important thing was I wrote this paper about performance, just really because I didn't know what else I wanted to write about. We had an assignment. And so that really began, that kind of gave me a reason. I guess I needed a reason to kind of go into this performative thing as opposed to just dabbling in it. And uh, I don't know. That, that was that was an important shift for me, and that was in Angela Minel's class. That I wrote that paper, and I just got really into it. I was surprised, and it seemed like a release from the confines of craft and, you know, making these things that are so meticulously executed that they're perfect. You can't see the artist's hand anywhere, you know, in right. work at all. And um, it just got too heavy. And for me, and 
I guess in that one piece, it was like this thing hanging from the ceiling that I didn't appreciate. It was kind of a culmination of everything I knew how to do at the time. And right. it was done as best as it could be done. And it was just disappointing. Yeah, I didn't get anything back out of that show. I had images of it. I still have no idea what it means. And I just felt like there's got to be more to this than me just putting stuff up on pedestals and showing it. And that really began my exploration. Uh, and so I think that, I, you know, the, the time clock, yeah, so I started doing some performance pieces. I felt like there was, you know, I could, I could translate some of my ideas into actions. And, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned a book that you hadn't read when we were talking earlier. Was it, was it called Guns, Germs, and Steel? Right. And, and, and a book that I never read actually became a really important <laughs> for me, and it's called the, the Object of Performance by Henry Sayer, who, who taught, I guess, at Oregon State University. So it was just a coincidence, but I just thought, well, the object of performance, an object, an action can be objectified. And so for me, that kind of became this logical connection between having objects and having an action that meant something. Right. And so I kind of wrote all this, you know, went on, kind of came up with a philosophy for that. That's Ruby in the background. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. Uh, so I did a couple of pieces in the Vichette Gallery and kind of was kind of presenting my case to really the to the sculpture students and to, to the teachers. And then by that time clock piece, that was something that really was a metaphor for everything I had done up until that point. You know, just go show up every day, you know, um, moving to school and going out there. You know, it was also something Jill moved with me. And right. I felt like it was my job to make the most of it because it, it didn't just involve me. Right. And, and so, you know, working and being there, that was an important thing. And that, that's what that piece was about. Uh, well, and, you know, and just just to kind of touch on one thing, too, I mean, um, I really, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed out of, out of graduate school that, you know, especially having some time away from it is, you know, those opportunities where you, you can work with people that – that do kind of unlock something for you, but uh, yeah. in, in, in that way, I mean, especially cause I can understand, um, and have worked with Angela in that capacity, you know, um, there's, there's, I don't know, I think an openness to kind of accepting like somebody has some kind of silly interest and I'm going to kind of encourage them to kind of explore it. And I don't mean to make say silly as a, no, you know, you know, what I mean? but like, I think that's the way that I look at it. Cause I mean, I remember writing a paper that I think somehow I had to deal with 24 or, you know, the wild west or something like that. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't necessarily know that it found my way my, into my work, but I mean, it kind of helped me change the way that I think about it. And I can certainly, yeah. cur- I can I, certainly look at that idea of wanting to, you know, change it up when you're feeling like you're not, you're not getting anything out of it. And so it's really, it's really interesting to hear you you know, to talk about that transition and, and, and see it, you know? Yeah, that was, that was a big moment for me, Dave. That's, that's what I got out of school. And that's, I know I never would have gotten that if I wasn't in school. And that's why I'm, I'm a big fan of, of education, really. Just, it's, it's given me a lot. I mean, there's also a lot to be said for going out there and applying this information, but. Sure. That became a big tool for me. Um, I've, I've definitely done some static sculptures since then, but now I kind of am finding that I wanted to move more back into more maybe a purely pr- 
performative kind of practice for a while. Sure. Um, but, you know, objects are, they're, they're a big part of my work, and, and it's fun for me to make things that I can use. So I still get to exercise the, 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 the technical aspect of creating something, but then there's also this functional aspect, which kind of releases me from the aesthetic element, too, because it needs to, above all, it needs to work a certain way. So that kind of, it becomes this more of a three-sided venture, I guess, for me. It's, it, it makes all of the agonizing over the way something's made and the way that it looks. It, it gives me a break from it in the end when I get to use it. Right. Well, and, you know, I think... Um, one of the things that I found so compelling when I was just kind of, um, you know, preparing for this again is, is kind of is talking a lot about that aesthetic is that, you know, like, like I said before, you know, there's this kind of, um, this kind of quality of something being like a, almost like an artifact to, at least that that's my reading on it. So again, take, take that for what it is. But, um, some of that older work just kind of had that, that, that feeling of, of looking gritty or old or worn yeah, I, and, and to see the, the, you know, we'll talk about the performances cause there's a, there's a number of them that I'm, that, I'm, that I really dig. Um, cool. but to see the objects left over from them there, some of them are just so incredibly crafted, you know? And I, I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about them cause obviously there's, you know, there's, um, there's certain pieces that you do, you know, um, like the uh, the the uh, the business of staying the the same is always changing. Is that is yeah. that the one? Um, yeah. Like I, I could see that as being a very functional kind of um, you know piece in terms of putting together that that kind of device. But you know, some of those um, some of those other pieces are the way that they're kind of put together. I mean, do you do you have to find like obviously the different kind of techniques that are going to kind of give you the results that you want? Um, I don't know. I mean. I, so I'm, I'm a little dumbfounded there because I, cause I just I, I saw like how tight all this craftsmanship has gotten, and it was just really kind of incredible to see these as the way I almost looked at them like artifacts left over from this this performance, you know. Well, man, I really appreciate the compliment. Um, you know, I, I wanted to say this that you know when I got out of school, I didn't work for a lot for a while, almost a year, and then but I thought a lot. And now it just seems like the, the first thing that I made was that helmet that looks like a rock. Right. And, uh, and that was really one of the first things that I decided that it has to be done, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. Right. And, so, and, and it can't look like I don't know how to do it. And so I just started working on it. And, um, you know, I learned some stuff, you know, from my jobs, honestly, jobs that I've had. I worked for a taxidermist for a while and making castings of stones and things. That was a big part of what they did. Um, then that was in Illinois. And then in Idaho, I worked for a place where we made molds for casting helmets. And I guess somehow that, you know, seeing how those things were done, I guess that I can't say that they really inspired me to want to make that piece, but it just became something that I was encountered. I encountered in my daily life that all, all of a sudden had relevance as, as a metaphor for my life. And I wanted to kind of, so I started working on that, that rock element. Um, it's a lot of trial and error, trying different things out, but really my jobs gave me kind of enough confidence to begin. Sure. I guess, sure. you know, so, and really that that's kind of become, Another piece that I started where 
you know, the, was was that painting that's bent and twisted, uh, kind of shoved through the middle of that frame. Well, that was another one where I started, and I realized I have no idea what I'm doing, and right. I can't, I can't not have this piece in this show. I need it. It's got to happen. And so, just just trial and error, spending the time to to work on that and, and figure out practicing, getting it up enough where it's it's good enough. Um, I worked for enough people and seen enough work out there to know this isn't good enough. Right. You know, and I think having some jobs where you have to create things that are up to someone else's standards are really valuable. Um, in that perspective, it kind of gives you a little bit, maybe a more objective view of what you're doing. It definitely makes way for a, criti- a critical aspect that can become unhealthy to come into play. But um, So... I don't know if I answered the question. No, I, th- I, th- I think you did. You know, it's, it seems like a lot of um, a lot of what you wound up, you know, using, you know, was really was was really kind of kind of based to some degrees off of the you know all the all of what you wound up doing, you know. Um, yeah, there's but, that. Is that link? But but I'm, I'm curious. Then do you do you have like a life size cutout of like John Henry that's just like in your house? No, because no. it's it seems like if there's I don't know do you, do you have a do you have a, a a mythological hero that you're drawn to? My heroes. Well, I, I I don't want to make this too much of a tangent. It just you know I just I I, I it's 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 interesting to listen to you talk about that process because it seems like again, you know, we kind of have to fight for. I guess the important stuff, you know, even though it might seem kind of small, you kind of have to fight you know, through that to get, get yeah. to where you need to go, you know? And it just makes, yeah. it just makes me think of that, you know? I think that regular people are my heroes. Uh, I mean, of course I have people that, I, you know, like box star type thing, you know, figures like artists and things that I look at and I, I wonder you know, how they're doing it and able to do it. But the people that really inspire me are the people in my family and, trying to figure out how to be an artist but kind of also uphold my my end of the bargain at the end of the day and and working hard and being an upstanding person in that respect, you know, through the things that I I take on as an artist. And so I guess one of the things that – so I'm 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 dodging the the hero question for the time being. but it's not a big deal. (laughs) But um, one of the things about in school is that you know, your, your time frame on things is really compressed, and I think that that's where a lot of that, the steel and kind of grittier things really came from because I, you know, I could, I could make them quickly, uh, welding things together. And then outside of school, I realized, well, I, I had all of a sudden two months to make one thing if I wanted to, right. and I could, I could spend all the time that I needed to learn how to do that. And so that was, that was one thing. Um, and lately, it just kind of seems like everything that I want to do is, is something I've never done before. Sure. Um, it's figuring out how to solve that problem. Can it be done? You know, and, and tackle some of the, the biggest issues as opposed to staying with what I already know how to do. Um, find, you know, new ground, new territory, pushing it. And it's, it's, it's become a source of some pretty serious stress for me at times because... Sure. You don't know if you can do it, and then you've got 
these deadlines and things you've promised that you can deliver that in your heart you think you can do them, but in reality they may not be happening as fast as they need to. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, and so what's it like, I mean, when you're, you know, when you're walking through intersections with this giant rock on your head, um, I mean, obviously that's one, that's one of the things that I really, you know, enjoy about the video, just kind of seeing those, all, all those reactions from people, but then also to kind of eventually get that payoff at the end or, or, or towards the end, it's you know, fun. you know, it's cause it makes a lot of that stress that you put into, you know, the, the meticulous hours you've spent making it. it, it makes it worthwhile when you can take it out and put it on and people want to touch it you know and it's you get to wear it it becomes kind of this transformative device you know it'd be like uh, and that's that's a big thing for me is kind of transformation through through work period or and then also through my work as an object um, learning about myself uh, what I'm capable of learning how that impacts where I'm showing it um, and putting my work out in, in a context, in a public context, has become really important to me, um, just seeing, letting regular people who are going about their business see what I'm doing, um, which is me going about my business as being an artist. Right. Um, so putting that, right, you know, interfacing that, public you know with the public has become a, a key thing it's it's a lot of fun and when you put it on you feel different um yeah you know, your rock helmet on is like it's it's not as, as tough as i'd like it to be you know initially it was going to be cast it initially is going to be strong enough where i could jump through things <laughs> you know what i mean but it's it's a prototype and it's it, it, it would have to be cast in aluminum right it's jump through glass and all kinds of <laughs> stuff. But right now it's falling apart. So it's, it's 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 basically glued, glued together, you know. But I anyway, yes. Yeah, so. yeah it, it makes me think of um, you know seeing you flying through like a giant you know glass window of Starbucks, you know, it, as, as a way to shake up <laughs> wake shake up some regular folks' day, you know, that are that are, you know you know no, yes, um, uh, being invincible through. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like I don't have this idea that I am invincible, but I wonder about what, what kind of, how can I use art as a medium to, I guess, build myself up. But I don't mean in this outrageous right. way. But, but you know, like, but what can I do with this? You know, now that I've learned all these things, what what can I do with them? And I think that pushing that boundary has become important to me in my work. And so, I mean, you know, in, in terms of the then the performative aspects of it, I mean, um, are you just are you trying to get people to stop and think, or you know, when they when they see you just tearing through a there's that scene um, or that that little clip where you're just like tearing down a road, you know, with that with that you know giant flashing uh, light on, and um, yeah. you know, especially some of those cuts are just hysterical, just because you're just because they're just like stopped, and then you just see Everett like just booking right past the camera and all these people are like, what? Um, but you know, are, are, is it, are you, so are you trying to kind of break people out of that habit? Are you just, or is it more that idea? Like you're saying, you know, you're doing your work, but like kind of in their space while they're doing theirs. I think it's, it's that definitely where I'm trying to, you know, well, you're, you know, you're doing your thing and you're selling flowers on the street and that's your job. And this is my job making a film. 
right, right. now in, in public or a video out in public. And and I think as a result, it does kind of become this thing where it, it does kind of shake up this, this concept of routine and what's normal. Because it's perfectly normal for me to want to make a video uh, with with of a performance piece. There's nothing out out outside of the ordinary for that if, if you're me. Um, but doing it in public, you know, it's it's not a conscious thing where I, I feel like everybody's locked into. I'm always commenting on myself. It's always self-critical my work, um, but and all of my the content for my work comes from daily life. So putting it, having it being displayed in public and you know being documented in public is really important to me because um, that's that's where the ideas came from um, and, and that's where that's coming I'm not really commenting on society but I right. you know because I don't I don't really like and I'm not really for artwork or any medium that alienates people I guess um, uh, so my work is always self-critical well it's I think it's nice to be able to put things in a way or kind of make it open. And I think that's one of the things that I really like about even, you know, possibly doing this podcast is that people can kind of hear, you know, where people are coming from. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, we, you spend so much time, you know, talking about, and I brought this up a couple of times, the viewer, and I say that, in, you know, quotation marks. Um, but I think I, you know, ideally it's, it's nice to have things that are open to everybody, you know, people that don't have, you know, a ton of training, um, or, you know, cause art is so demanding and that, you know, you know, they want you to read, you know, this entire history of it to understand something. And, you know, I think that, you know, trying to leave it open enough for people, you know, that might not know about it to become curious, I think is a, is a good thing, you know? Well, yeah, I appreciate that. It's been interesting for me to be out there because you become kind of a liaison between, for, between the arts and, and society really. And so it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of interaction that happens between takes and shots and things like that. And it's, um, it helps me kind of think about, I guess, what, what the work is really about. But a lot of times I don't know until it's finished. And that's, that's been another, another shift for me, you know, in in school, it's stressed that you know what you're doing before you even begin. Right. And, um, that, that can kill a lot of ideas actually. But um, from now, it's more of an emotional space where where it's coming from, or a gut feeling that I need to do this, and, and it can begin with just a technical problem and it become this conceptual thing. And you know, usually the the process of making ends up mirroring the content. It become this dual dual experience for me. Um, well, that just seems to be the case a lot of times. Well, and so, I mean, you know, because we kind of talked about this and, and, and you've addressed it as, you know, being really about yourself. But, like, so, for example, like the, the, the primeval Knievel, um, yeah. um, is so, I mean, you know, are, could you, what's it about? I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. I mean, because, I mean, I, you know, I kind of get that idea of, like, Daredevil from it. Um, yeah, you right, know, and, right. And we kind of, you know, you were talking about jumping through. Or, you know, being able to do almost stunts, stunt work with it. But um, just just to kind of give us a little bit of a glimpse um, into the maybe the, just the way that you're thinking. And, it, and it's not, it's weird. I feel like I'm asking you to reveal a magic trick a little bit, you know? Well, I'll do what I can. I guess, you know, the, the ideas always change. You know, they always start from one area and, 
and I believe in the beginning enough to begin working. But usually, you know, the, the process, through the process of making things change. And, you know, initially I wanted to, you know, when I was in Idaho, I mean, I didn't have any place to work or anything. And, I mean, we lived in a, <clears throat> excuse me, in a really small town. And, you know, I had all this momentum behind me finishing up my work at, in Illinois. And then all of a sudden it just stopped. Nobody knew me. Uh, I didn't know anybody else. I had no idea what was going to happen. And uh, so I felt like this Corvette on a gravel road, you know, right. in a way. And so I, I, I felt really susceptible to, like, the concept of our ideas of failure, of quitting, uh, just not being able to stay the course long enough to see what was going to happen. And so over time, I kind of worked through it and this helmet came out of that you know I'm just going to have to either be strong enough to get you know build up my tolerance that this just becomes the new normal or by working through this situation I'll figure it out and it will actually become easier right um, so that makes sense I think and so I wanted this helmet I like this idea of breaking free because all those the troubles, all those those concerns and fears were really just in my head. They weren't real, you know. Um, but if you think about them enough, they become they become real. And so, I had these ideas of you know making works for just for for photographs, you know, taking photos, and things like that. And I, there was this image of me jumping headfirst through a wall uh, with that helmet on. Yes, you know, right. <laughs> in the backyard, it was just going to be, you know, something that I could, once I had the helmet, I could just document the way I wanted. And, but then we moved in the middle of that. So, right. uh, to Portland. And so then it kind of changed, you know, I did, I, I made the mold of the rock in Idaho. Uh, and then in Portland, it was finished. That's where I worked on it and made it and built the piece. And so for me, going downtown with that became kind of a test of my might. You know, it's one thing to be in the country in the middle of nowhere doing things outside, and it's another to be downtown uh, in the city. And so I wanted to, to see, do I have the nerve to do this, number one. Number two, I kind of was looking at it as a test to see what how I was going to be received. Uh, as a, I guess as a litmus test, I guess, to see if I could actually have a go at things in, in Portland. Uh, and, and so we came out and made that, the, the video, which is, you know, <clears throat> I don't think it's one of my best pieces at all, but it, it, I ha it had to be done and I'm glad I did it. And I just kind of came up with these different shots that we were going to do and doing the karate kicks and the, the, this idea as opposed to becoming an invincible, I'm more, I kind of see that guy as more of a buffoon. Right. You know, and uh, so it's kind of comical, but I think that, you know, you, I think being oblivious has some benefits. Sure. Well, and, you know, again, I, I think it's just so open, you know, in, in terms of what you're, I guess, really allowing people to see, you know, um, just because it's, yeah, I don't know, that's probably why a lot of people don't do performance, you know, because it's, there's there's performance in it, you know, you're, you're kind of exposing yourself. Yeah, um, you, you have to go out and actually deliver the act, the action, you know, and that that becomes a new, a different element to, to the piece. Right. Well, so. and so could you, um, 
you know, obviously, I, I think um, you had you had a, a big. Um, I want to I want to say I thought you were interviewed or you had this piece somewhere, but the the obviously the one that I'm thinking of in the last you know last year that, that was really you know incredible to me was the the moves manager piece. Um, how how long was how long did you wind up working on that piece? That took about ten months. Man, and uh, you know Ruby was born. I was probably not quite. I was a little more than halfway done with it, and uh, so that changed a lot of things for me. But I, I it, it took a long time, I guess, really, and I I was really sick of working on. Right. I'm not gonna lie. And so a lot of that footage, in a way, for me, I look at that video as, as being very much about what it was like to make that sculpture. Right. Because <laughs> it go out there every day, and you know, I mean, it was just always there. I'd open the garage door and look out there, go out there and go work on it, and it was just like, Ugh, right, it's still here, you know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so that's what I mean. Like the the process of making me kind of it becomes this parallel experience. And, and that's just what it was. That's just what was necessary. It had to be like that. And in the past, you know, I would take mechanical things that were already mechanical and put them together, like the treadmill and the trailer. Right. It became fused together. But this was really the, it's like the first machine that I ever made. Right. And and I mean, in that sense, I mean, because um, it sounds like then the the performances that you've been doing, um, you know, are meant to kind of talk about you know, your own identity as, as, uh, you know, a person, as a maker, as, you know, somebody kind of living their experience. So, I mean, in that regards, I mean, is it meant then to kind of evoke that same kind of feeling? Cause I mean, like, you know, for example, for, the, for anybody that hasn't checked it out, you really, really need to check it out if you, uh, are listening to this. Um, but you know, you're, you know, you're kind of all dressed up in that suit. Um, and so it kind of makes me think about that idea of, you know, the, really the way that you're, um, I don't know, having to manage all these, um, aspects about yourself. Um, but again, I could be entirely wrong and I don't want you to give away your secrets and all that other stuff. Um, but, but there's no no secrets. (laughs) It's, it's just kind of, uh, anyway, there's, there's no secrets. It's, uh, I guess for me, I guess, I just wanted to kind of make a statement to myself about, well, I wanted to find out what my level of commitment was going to be, I guess. And that's, that's where, where that piece kind of came into play. Um, and the business suit is, you know, I don't think I really got serious about being an artist until 2008, until after I got out of school and I realized, you know, I don't have a studio. I don't know where I'm going to work and I realized nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares that every buyer doesn't have a place to work and that he moved, you know, and I realized, well, then I just need to kind of get started. And so, um, yeah, I guess, you know, that's my job, you know, and there's right. being an artist and, and, uh, you know, there's other jobs that I have, but there's aspects of, of it that, just take a lot of work. It's not amazing every step of the way. It's sometimes it's just, you know, it's, it's, I looked at, I guess I started thinking about what my life is going to be like my career versus just getting this show done. Right. And that's where that piece came from. Uh, and that's what it means to me now. Um, 
And so I used the, the business suit. I've never even had a desk job, truthfully. But, you know, I, w- I would like it to be my full-time job, you know, whether or not that that's a realistic goal or whether it ever happens doesn't matter to me. But that's, to have a desk job or? Uh, becoming a, a full-time artist, I guess. Okay, okay. So you're that's saying. all I ever do. But, um, and, you know. And, and I guess just from a practical standpoint, because um, obviously, you know, you're you're pretty open in terms of what you wind up using for material, um, but what's it, so what's it like working with other people then um, and having to rely on other people more? I mean, obviously, you know, being in sculpture, um, I would imagine that there's more interaction with other people in terms of you know moving something that's really heavy um, or just right. kind of getting something set up like that. But I mean, what, what's that experience been like working with? Um, you know, camera people and all of that other other stuff. And oh my gosh, before I forget now, who who's pushing you? Oh, that's John Hutt, and he was my neighbor actually okay. uh, here in Portland before we moved to Illinois. And uh, so he and I, he he was the cameraman on the rock helmet piece, and also with the light helmet. Um, and he kind of got me into, he was into videography before I, I was even doing performative works. And, uh, so that's how I know. And he came with me to Grand Rapids. He paid his own way to come to Grand Rapids. And, uh, I really owe a lot to him. Wow. uh, Yeah. And he's really, he's a really accomplished guitar player. Um, but anyway, so he's an artist in his own right. So, you know, it's been really beneficial for me to work with other people. Uh, and I've never really done a collaboration piece, you know, where two artists are working on one thing or an installation, but these film projects, they, they do become collaborative and, you know, John will have, he's more level headed than I am. He'll have some ideas and and also I can trust him. So I don't have to, you know, I know he's going to be able to handle certain, certain problems and I don't need to get into how he's going to do it. Uh, working with my director, Eric Fowski, um, it, it, it took the project to another level, to answer your question, to work with camera people. And uh, it's almost become like now it's, it's I've always got to have that crew now because it's it was just, I don't know, it just brought the production way up. They had gear and jibs and things we could put on the camera. We put the cameras on and get these shots that I never would have thought of. Um, there was the music aspect too, which wasn't my idea and I was really anti-music and one of the camera operators said well I can't wait to see this set to music and I was like that's not going to happen like, yeah, it's not a music video I don't you know it's, but I think that um, the Eric sent me a little clip he, you know because he's he, he has his own career as a filmmaker and, and uh, but he sent me a little clip because after we got all those shots and I had no idea what I was going to do with the footage. And he just sent me the office sequence where, and it was set to music. And I was, I really didn't know what to think. And I guess being surprised in that way seemed like a really good response because I didn't know if I liked it or what. It was just something I'd never really considered. Uh, And Jared Jensen did the music on that. And it was just a really good fit. And I can't imagine it without the music now. Right. Uh, it's, it's became an important part of, of the piece. So, well, and it's weird because I mean, um, it's something. It, you know, I, I can understand. Um, you know, and again, I, I don't know if you've played any instruments or anything like that before because I've 
like many people, I've dabbled and never really yes. kind of, You know what I mean? I think I always kind of really admired music and then thought that just because of that, I should, you know, of course, try to play the guitar or something like that, which is... Yeah, yeah, that's but, my experience, too. And it might not... It, I think it maybe just isn't the case. Um, but, um, you know, it, it is kind of amazing because that, that little element does really kind of transform something, you know, kind of... It kind of makes me think of the sound, like like that being like the soundtrack of that, and kind of almost just thinking through it, you know, or being reflective of something. And it, it's weird because it's not—I don't know—it it might just be the reaction of having to look at a, you know, to be watching a video. Um, yeah. But um, I don't know. I thought I thought that was an interesting element for sure. You know. It was, uh, you know, it was. So one of those things where the, the whole project, even including the sculpture, it just took to the very last minute for that all to come together. And uh, and it took more people than just myself. And I realized that, you know, I can't do everything by myself. There's always that pressure, you know. And I think it's, it's good to try and be as self-sufficient as you can. But in this case, it took more people than just me to get it done. And um, I really liked it. So it, it, it is collaborative. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a collaboration piece, but there was a lot of, you know, working with people that were as good as I got to work with. They would say, can we just do this shot? And I would say, fine, whatever, let's just do it. Whether or not I saw the, the value in it right then, I could trust their judgment that it was going to be worthwhile to do it. And it was, it was right. really free, you know, uh, for me. Um, and I hope I get to do it again. Well, and so what was, I mean, and in terms of that, what kind of uh, attention did that, that garner? Because, uh, I mean, for me, again, I, I think it's probably one of the more interesting things that I've seen in a while, you know? Thanks. Meaning attention, like meaning while we were out? Well, yeah, no, I mean, just like, you know, I I, I mean, I hope, I, I, I think I, I had remembered that you had gotten, that was that in part of a show or... Um, I don't know. I you feel know, I feel like that should have been on the news or something. Well, <laughs> you know, I, you know when we did all the shots, it took so long. I ran so far behind schedule that it was just the day after Thanksgiving is when we finished shooting. So there was very few people on the street, um, and I think it really works. Uh, you know, thematically, that it's kind of nobody's. You know, there's people on the sideline looking at, you know, off off camera looking at us, but there weren't the crowds that would be there if it was June. Um, right. But no, I did. I, I showed it in a solo show at Portland Community College, which is where I teach in uh, April. And then I entered in the the art prize competition. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's um, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Right. And they convinced me to bring. And so, and I was just going to send a video because that's something that I was really interested in with video work, especially with sculpture. I could just send a DVD. Right, right. To bring the whole thing. And so, but Steve Sampson, who's actually from Portland, he, he talked to me about it, talked to me about it. And finally, I agreed that I would bring it. And I'm, I'm really glad that I did. And John came, uh, John Hutton, he's a driver. He, he paid his own way, as I mentioned. And without him, it wouldn't have been a success. And, you know, whereas being in Portland kind of helped me kind of work on the, the video part, taking it to Grand Rapids kind of became this area where we could work on the performative aspect of that piece. And we were in front of so many people and uh, it never even really worked reliably. 
it was a challenge to get it to operate properly. There's there's some, right. <laughs> you know, uh, aspects of it that are, are less than perfect, but it was a really successful trip, and we were really well received there. And I was, I'm happy. It was really interesting to see how differently we were received uh, just by going to a different location. Um, it was, you know, here uh, it was received well, uh, very well by like people that went to the show and especially the granting agency that I got the money from, uh, Regional Arts and Culture Council and the Oregon Arts Commission. They were really pleased with the work. Um, so that was the most important thing to me uh, out here. But it, it became a real supreme test of my nerves being right. out there in front of so many people. And then we broke all of our distance records with the machine. <laughs> across the, the river in one we right. didn't even stop and it was it was really a great experience for me um, right and it helped me kind of take ownership over the work because i would say that here in the process of making this the, the video we, we were lucky it was just a stroke of luck that i was able to get the machine to work and that we were able to get out there before the rains came and even just get through that piece and i guess until we brought it out there, I, I guess I just felt like I got lucky. Right. Uh, but now we know how to work it, um, and we showed that day after day. And it was kind of a transformative experience for me, actually. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, I, I think in my whole, sorry, sorry about the babbling, but um, my whole intro, I just, yeah, I, I was just amazed at how much work and, and, and what the accomplishment of it, of is out of it, you know, it's just a remarkable thing. Um, well, I appreciate that, Dave. You know, it's I didn't know how much work it was going to be. It was going to be a, a different piece, you know. And then I just I thought, well, if it only moves my arms and legs, it's less work. But right, it actually became you know this big that it, it made it more complicated. But I think it made the piece so much better than what it was going to be. Sure. Well, and, and I hope, I mean, again, I hope, I hope there's other opportunities to, well, and obviously opportunities with funding. So for those museums that are listening out there, um, <laughs> send, send Everett a check so that he can do this. Um, if you send me a check, Dave, it doesn't have to be from a museum. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I, I, like I said, I mean, I, I think, um, I think it, you know, it's just super, super interesting, um, and I don't, you know, I don't, again, I, I realize that we're, we're, I don't want to hold you up too much for, for your day, but it's just been such an interesting conversation. Um, and I think maybe I'm just going to ask this a little bit out of order because it, it just yeah. relates so much to performance. But um, are, are you familiar or have you ever seen any of those um, Improv Everywhere videos? Uh, you know, I've seen one or two well, of the flash mobs. Well, it, you know, and again, I, I think, you know, depending on what you wind up finding out about them, um, you know, because some of them are really, I think, just for more of a novelty sake. And then I think there's yeah. some that are really interesting and just kind of, a, again, maybe this is a little bit of a tangent, but I, I think it's just relative and interesting. But um, like there's this one um, where the where where they um, they created a sequence that would happen at a Starbucks. Okay. Like this person would walk in with his girlfriend and they'd have a fight about like him smoking or her smoking and then one of them would storm out and then you know like somebody would walk through with a boom box they would just go straight through the starbucks like holding it up to his ear you know what i mean 
Um, somebody would spill their coffee. Somebody would have an argument. Like they had this, these series of things that would just happen. Um, okay. and, and, right. and anyways, what, what I really like about what they do is they kind of really kind of bring again that attention or maybe just a higher, just kind of pull, pulling people away from their routine, you know, to kind of look up from their newspaper, if you will, or I guess now it would be like an iPad, um, right, you know, right, to kind right. of, to kind of see that day. And so, I mean, I, th- I guess that's where I was kind of coming from because I mean, the, uh, that, that group kind of does a lot of those things. And I, I think, you know, that's why I really like that idea of seeing this out in public and kind of seeing people, you know, even interact with, with what you do just because it, it's, it, it is a kind of a break from that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to check them out. I, mean, I have heard of improv everywhere, but I'll, I'll look specifically for the Starbucks piece that you just mentioned. Well, it, and I think it's just because, you know, there's a, there's there's a bit of humor, obviously, to it. And I think, you know, depending on what people look at in your work, I mean, there's some that I think are, you know, lean more towards that way. And then obviously some yeah. that are more somber or serious. I mean, um, um, and so I don't know, that, that level of fun, I think, is still, you know, even just hearing you talk about it, you can kind of sense that it's still there. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think it can be. I used to think that funny things in art or using humor in art was kind of a cop out, but I think it can also become, uh, you know, because you're just being funny. But I think you can also address some pretty serious issues and use humor as a way of beginning that discussion without turning people off. You know, you can be too bold. Sure. You know, people don't want to hear. You know, it's just too much information. You know, it's and uh, so that's. You know, being humorous, using humor can be a really can be a vehicle for getting you know getting your issues sure inner you know. Well, yeah. and so um, again, I, I've got a, just a handful of things real that that I'm okay. hoping to be able to get through. Um, so you know, um, obviously we've we've talked about you know you, you've you've got certainly other responsibilities that that are kind of pulling away from your studio that I think you know having a family and all that you know I I, yeah. I, I can understand. Um, but you know, in terms of informing it, then I mean, what you know, do you find? Do you you know, you like for example, like the t- the time that you had said you'd taken basically like a year off. Um, do you do you find that you're do you are you still somebody that you know you're really actively just reading up everything? Um, do you like to just kind of think about things or write about things? I mean, how do you? I guess how do you inform you know what you wind up making you know or plan for it or, or is there are there things that you draw? you know, I guess real inspiration from in terms of, of creating them? Or do you know where it even comes from, I guess? I don't know. I, I don't really know where it comes from, Dave, and I guess that's something I don't even really spend any time thinking about it because it's, you know, they just it just kind of comes. And, you know, this, this year I've taken, I've kind of really scrutinized my practice. You know, before it was just about being out there and working and I would just move from one idea to the next. And irrespective of whether or not the idea was a good one. You know, I just felt lucky that I had something to work on. And now uh, my, my, my time is limited. Um, I think about what I do a lot more than I ever did, uh, mainly just because uh, my time is just – my time is limited, but it's become more of a mental exercise. So I realize that, you know, if my time's going to be limited and if my money's going to be limited, then I only want to work on the most important thing. Right. And I don't want to have just things to fill up a space with, you know, or, and I've never made things just to sell them, uh, but, um, so I've just been spending a lot of time assessing my practice, you know, what do I want to do, uh, with what and for how long, 
Um, and that's become a big thing for me this year. And it's, it's <clears throat> after the show opened in April, that's what I spent a lot of my time doing, trying to figure out, well, what, what's going to be a sustainable practice for me? You know, finding the time is only one aspect of it, and that's the, one of the easier problems to solve. Right. You know, um, but the other thing is, well, how am I going to make this happen outside of that, and what do I want to do? And uh, I'm still working through that. And I've, I've told myself that, you know, I'm not going to spend any money of my own money at all this year. And right. which is, I haven't really been able to hold myself to, but especially right. when, when we went to Michigan and stuff like that, I spent a little bit of my own money. But Well, uh, if, if you will, I, I have an idea, Everett. Yeah. You know, if if you have a big infomercial where the where their kids just diving headfirst into bushes with with little helmets on that are rocks. Yeah. I mean, I need to figure out, you know, how can I work through issues and different concepts without spending twenty hours out there. Um, right. Whatever, and um, this this year has been really helpful in that. A lot of times I'm finding that just by not being in the studio, I'll figure it out mentally as opposed to working through it actually through trial and error, you know, so that when I do get out there, I know how to fix it. Sure, sure. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, I'm trying to think about some other things that I can do in addition to these gargantuan projects. And right. I like having a big thing to work on. It's fun something to focus on but it's you know i don't really paint or do any drawings or or write a whole lot on the side and i guess i have kind of a problem with that you right. know, i don't really know how i feel about that and i feel like maybe there needs to be some other element and so i've just kind of been spending a lot of time thinking about well what do i want to do right well right. what would i do if i can't do this and uh it's it's been kind of a roller coaster of the year, I guess, because it was a lot of fun to have a budget on a project, and it it seems like there could be some possibilities for me to continue working in that vein. Um, but if the money's gone, what would I do? And that's been <laughs> right. That's something that I've really kind of held myself to this year. I think, just call up Christo, you know. Yeah. Um, just uh, figure out, you know. Can I, can I chew your ear off about this? <laughs> um, right, right. Um, and so, you know, I guess, I guess in kind of following that up, I mean, um, you know, obviously you have a lot of things that you have to work through to, to be able to do what you want to do. Um, and so, I mean, in that sense, do you, do you encourage others to kind of, uh, follow you down the rabbit hole of, of art, you know, be, being an artist or trying to be an artist? Well, you know, you only live once. If that's if it's something that you're curious about, I think you have to try to do it. And I, I guess for me, you know, I, I look at other people all the time. Like, why, you know, I wish being a doctor sometimes was the thing that I really wanted to do, but it isn't, you know. Right. And so, but, so that being said, I guess if there's, you know, I guess all the thing I can really say, what I'm trying to, at least what I'm trying to figure out is, well, if I want to be an artist, then how can I pursue this in the in the in the, the best way and the strongest way possible? And that's something that you know I don't want to fizzle, burn myself out. And I'm just trying to figure out <clears throat> how to go about it. So I would sure. say, you know, yeah, if you're curious about anything, I guess the best thing to do would be to try. It. Sure. Uh, 
that's that was kind of what I did when I went to college. I just tried out art really because I didn't know what else I wanted to do, which right. isn't really the best. <laughs> well, no. You know, all artists did, were doing it because they just didn't know what else to do. But, well, of course, I, you know that's not the case. Well, no, I, I, it's funny because I think that's exactly how it happened for me, you know. I I did really poorly my first, my first semester, like maybe a lot of people, and it really wasn't until I took my painting class that, you know, something just kind of clicked, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is good, yeah. you know. I will say that I'm always surprised how much there, there's so many more facets to this issue than, you know, as there would be in, in anything. So it's just writing, and all of these things kind of are coming into play. And I just thought it was a good time to take a break and figure out what am I going to do right? Uh, and how to move. Because it's the same, you know, I can't rack, you know, max out my credit card to, to make this the next big thing, you know. Right, I mean? right. That's just not going to work. So, sure. uh, yeah. Well, and so. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> oh no, it's that's that's fine. Um, we'll have we'll, we. I probably will have like a a studio break episode with a lot of uh, funny moments like that. Because um, I, I had a, I had an interview recently that I just kept. Gosh, man, I had to keep starting things over again because I was so off. Um, but um, you know, if if there is like a. You know, say they for whatever reason they they decided to add an extra day um, between Sunday and Monday, and yeah. uh, you couldn't do any any artwork on it. Um, um, I don't know what do you what do you wind up doing on that day? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm guessing something with the family, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is it seems like you might be too busy to kind of have you know a long leisurely time, uh, you know, watching a documentary about something like that. Um, so, I mean, are, are there other kind of interests that you have that you do eventually kind of find the time for? You know, I play my guitar. Uh, that's one thing that I like to do. I play guitar. I'm not a really good <clears throat> a good player, but that's something I really enjoy. Um, as far as outside interests, Dave, I have to say I do not have very many. I really don't. I guess in, in a way I'm kind of a... I wouldn't say that I'm a very diverse person, but... Um, <laughs> You know, I, I usually if if I do have some free time and I, I try to utilize it, um, and if it's not family time, you know, I try to utilize it to to get some work done. And, right. Um, that's an important part of, of who I am, uh, and it just makes me feel good, you know, to get that work done. So. Um, no, I, th- I think that makes sense. I mean, and and I I think partially I just enjoy some of these non sequiturs, but. Um, do you, do you just listen to the sound of like machining? Um, uh, is there no, a favorite machining like band? I, I'm, I'm just kind of kidding here. <laughs> um, uh, I don't like that sound, loud noises. <laughs> I guess. But do you, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. I mean, do you, so do you listen to talk radio? Obviously, you don't, you, you were saying earlier that you, uh, you kind of phased out, uh, you know, thing, current events somewhat. So, I mean, uh, do you listen to, do you listen to any, any kind of favorite tunes? <clears throat> You know, I'm always listening to music, but it seems like lately I listen to a lot of the same things. Like, I, I, I play the same songs on my guitar. I have been for years at this point, just because it's difficult to sit around and write new ones. But, uh, you know, who do I like to listen to? It's a tough question. I've been listening to uh, this band, actually, the Wine Shop. 
wine chuggers, and I don't know if they're even still together. I like the the band Beirut. Right. Uh, Beirut is cool. Um, listen to some of my friend John Hutton's work, who who is pushing me. He's he's got an album he's working on. He's an instrumentalist. Uh, quiet time is something that I definitely enjoy too. Right. Right. So, you know, it's been one of those things, Dave, where it's just I fill up my time with a lot of work, I guess, and either writing proposals and, and uh... No, I know, I hear, I hear you. I'm still I'm trying just... to figure that out. Like I said, I don't, I'm, I think as an artist, I'm probably pretty boring because I don't ever really go anywhere or do anything. Well, that's a good kind of transition to this. And again, I've only just got a couple of things here. Yeah. Um, but, um, so is, is there anything that you have seen, um, you know, that sticks out in your mind as being something that was like a really, I guess, important exhibition, you know, or so, so maybe somebody that you really admire or, you know, something that just kind of blew you away, I guess? You know, that's how I feel when I look at Chago Chang's work. Um, like, I feel like he, as an artist, he, he's kind of in his own little universe, really. Um, I don't know how anybody can make works that many works that are of, of that scope. Um, <clears throat> but Maurizio Catalan is somebody that I just heard about, actually, this, this week. Um, and so I want to kind of look more into to his work. Um, you know, it's hard to say what inspires me. I think in, in a lot of respects, that's another issue that, that I've kind of wrestled with is, you know, I don't spend a ton of time looking at art. Um, I, I do occasionally. Uh, th- I went to a couple of shows this month here in town, um, and and I was, you know, there was that's kind of a rarity for me. Right. Uh, you know, the whole thing is really just kind of mysterious to me, Dave. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that that keeps me coming back for more. Uh, and probably one of the reasons why I continue to be an artist is there's some mystery there. Uh, right. Yes, looking at. All of some of the other artists' work, you know, and seeing what they what they're capable of and what they've done makes me want to kind of figure out. Well, what am I capable of? Not not as a point of comparison between me and them, but it's just an example of someone pushing themselves. And I think you can get that inspiration from anywhere, anyone, sure. uh, you know, anyone with with a goal. Um, People with history really kind of are, are what inspire me. So kind of going back to, to, to my heroes, you know, I would say, like, my dad is definitely one of my heroes. Uh, he's still alive, you know. Um, right. Another person uh, from my life, she she was basically was my babysitter from, you know, we went to daycare, and she was really, really influential on me. She's one of my heroes. She just passed away. Her name was Juanita Walker. Um, my wife, of course, is, inspires me, and having a family is makes me want to, you know, that that commitment to, to doing what I want to do. It refreshes that every time because right. there is no plan B for me right uh, right now. And so, even though I'm kind of, you know, hung up the gloves for a minute to reassess, um, you know, I just need to have that obligation. So. Sure. Martin Luther King. I love Martin Luther King. I read his autobiography. It was really amazing. Um, so, uh, so it's not just people that I know. 
Right. Well, and, and I think too, you know, I mean, I, I think it's one of the things that on here it's, and just, it's just in the same way that academia, it's somehow really easily to get wrapped up in just academia, you know? And, yeah. and I, I like how, you know, you're, you're talking about things that are just things, you know, outside of, you know, whatever the biggest art show, you know, that's going on right now in the country is, you know? You know, I think what it is, Dave, is that I spend a lot of time thinking about things, and it doesn't take much to preoccupy, I think. And so um, even though I say that my work comes from daily life, um, I might spend just weeks thinking about one little thing for one one reason or another, and that that can become enough for one aspect of daily life, like solving this problem of how to survive, how how to provide, or, or more so how to contribute is a better way sure. uh, of talking about my daily life um, uh, through my work or through my interests, you know, staying happy and all of those things. And I think those are things that everybody's trying to work through. Uh, and that, that's become really a, a primary, ex- you know, focus of, of my work. Sure. Well, and, and so, so lastly then, so you're kind of on this break, um, yeah. Is there is there anything that that you're you're going to be working towards in the future? Any kind of big shows coming up or pieces that we should check yeah. out? Or I do have some shows coming up. There's one of them's a screening, and that's that's this month actually for the the Mad Attack Festival for video and new media uh, artwork, which is in that's in uh, in Spain. Um, and then there's they're doing a show at St. Louis Community College in, in March. Then there's actually this door. There's a the the door at 27 Ludlow in Lower Manhattan. That's also that's in April, and that's like a 16 by 20 poster. That's it. it's really gritty. I mean the 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 guy sent me a picture of it. The door has been tagged and all kinds of stuff. And it's very New York. Right, and right. Scene and. Uh, and then in Seattle, um, there's an electronic gallery for culture. They kind of have a storefront, and the Moose Manager video is going to be playing up there. Uh, and that, that'll last for the, the entire year, 2012. And, awesome. You know, awesome. I don't know. I'm still trying to get my budget together uh, for, for 2012, and that, that's going to determine what I work on. Sure. Uh, I have some ideas for doing some photo projects that kind of involve performances, so instead of you know, video, it'll be kind of a photography collage kind of thing. And that's something that I'm really interested in, in developing. Uh, it's something that I can do here. Financial impact would be minimal. And uh, at the same time, I've realized that I don't want to just, like, mothball my tools and stuff like that. So there's some other little things that I, I would want to work on and build. <clears throat> but <clears throat> I don't have any solo shows Right. Or anything like that um, planned uh, for 20. There's nothing scheduled for 2012. And I just really wanted to kind of invest my time and energy in figuring out what my practice is going to be like. What do I want to do? Sure. And so uh, it's taken me away from doing gallery shows, really. Well, no, I mean, and again, I mean, I think a good, you know, time to reset is a good thing, you know? Yeah. So. It's, it's one of those times in life before there would always be these events that would kind of do it for you, like moving to Illinois. That was a time where I reset, as you said, and then 
getting done with school and moving to Idaho, that was another time. Uh, and right now, this one's self-imposed because we had we've been here for about three years. It seems like every three years, there's like this right happens where you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? So it's almost like uh, so that's kind of what's happened now. It's, so. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. I definitely will keep you posted on, on what happens, but yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> well, no, I mean I think that yeah. all all then all all uphill I think or downhill, what am I saying? Maybe it's kind of a bit of both. Um yeah. But um yeah, it's it's been great talking to you. I really uh, appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you, Dave. Um you know, I really appreciate you asking me to 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 be on the podcast. And I just kind of wanted to go back to, to like, when I said, made the comment about the paintings that you showed and that, of, of the suburban homes, and I said, I had no idea why anybody would want to paint them. Uh, I guess it, it was kind of a, a backhand. It wasn't intended to be, like, a backhanded compliment. That really opened my eyes, and it kind of made me think about where I'm from. Well, that's a place, too. You know, we focus right. too much on the fantastic and... And uh, what's what's amazing, just as, as a society, and um, I mean, I, I certainly appreciated where I'm from before I saw your images, but it's it kind of really was eye opening for me just looking at art and what it could be. Sure, so well, it was I, a moment that I always remember seeing paintings I, for the first time. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I will I will talk to you later, sir. All right, Dave. It's good talking to you, man. Thanks again to Everett for joining us today. You can find out more about his work and see it by visiting EverettBeidler.com. The intro music today was a song called Place by Krastovsky. Once again, you can find that at freemusicarchive.org. And will be taken out by their song, I Worked All Night. And if you enjoyed this podcast, remember you can visit studiobreak.com and check out other ones that you might have missed. If you're on Facebook, you can become a fan of Studio Break where you can find out about a very exciting contest coming up. Again, it's very quite simple, straightforward. Just guess the person's name that's going to be appearing. You'll be getting letters released as the date approaches. Um, just shoot an email to davidlinaway at hotmail.com and you'll receive a free painting. And if you want to see what I'm up to, just visit davidlinaway.com. And remember to friend Studio Break on Facebook. And we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the music.